Hey everybody, it's Amin Alaraj. It's April 25th, 2021. We're in Lawrenceville, Georgia. Um, we're going to be talking about Standard 3.11 today. It's about government responses to social movements and all about civil liberties and everything. So how the governments have responded to social movements, right? They put in place policies that appeal to the needs of the people, correct? So like such policies would be like the Brown versus Board of Education, where, of course, it nullified the phrase separate but equal, and it desegregated schools, allowing African-American children to attend schools with white children, right? And then the Brown versus Board of Education, it violated the 14th Amendment, specifically the Equal Protection Clause, right? And this Equal Protection Clause, we have a quote for it right here. Let me read it. It says, no state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws. Basically, all it's saying is people in similar positions should be treated equally, right? All right, moving on. Now we're going to talk about the Civil Rights Act of 1964, right? And of course, this is really like pivotal um, civil rights act. So it prohibits discrimination on the basis of race, color, religion, sex, or national origin. Right. And then later, as like time progressed, it was added to include sexual orientation, gender identity. And then the Civil Rights Act of 1964 is also really valued in the workforce, like and the labor force, because it desegregated employment, because that's what really matters. Like, the most problem was like people couldn't get jobs based on their race, religion, sex, or gender identity. But now like it's really pivotal in the workforce. All right, now the Title IX of the Education Amendments Act of 1972, this prohibited the sex discrimination in any education program or activity receiving federal financial assistance. So you couldn't like segregate schools or like voting or well, voting was really the Civil Rights Act of 1964 and the Voting Rights Act, but any public like affair. Now, we also have a quote for this one. It says, no person in the United States shall, on the basis of sex, be excluded from participation in, be denied the benefits of, or be subjected to discrimination under any education program or activity receiving federal financial assistance. Right. All right. Now, lastly, I'm going to talk about the Voting Rights Act of 1965. Um, this was signed in by President Lyndon B. Johnson in 1965, obviously. And then this outlawed the discriminatory voting practices like that a lot of southern states had, like literacy tests or poll taxes. Um, this was following the Civil War, you know, because these literary literacy tests and poll taxes, they were put in place to discriminate voting uh, and suppress African-American votes. But. Of course, with this act, it outlawed it, and then there became no prerequisites to vote other than registering like everyone else. All right, everybody. My name is Amin Alaraj, and I hope you enjoyed my little podcast. It'll be easy now. Hey, it's Sydney. I'm going to be talking about Standard 3.12, which is balancing minority and majority rights. So the biggest court case decisions that have affected the rights of minority groups while demonstrating that minority rights have been restricted at times while being protected at other times 
is Plessy versus Ferguson and Brown versus Board of Education. So Plessy versus Ferguson was a 1896 Supreme Court case, which upheld the separate but equal doctrine, which allowed racial segregation to occur in states and any public area, specifically in schools, though. Um, and then Brown versus Board of Education was a 1954 court case that said that basically the separate but equal doctrine that was implemented in Plessy versus Ferguson is inherently unequal and violated the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment. Brown versus Board of Education is the reason why public schools now are desegregated and why African-American students are allowed to go to school with white students and pretty much students of any other race. These two court cases show how the Supreme Court has at times allowed the restriction of the civil rights of minority groups, such as African-Americans, while at other times has protected those rights, such as in Brown versus Board of Education, where in Plessy versus Ferguson, they were restricting the civil rights of African-Americans. Hi, this is Matthew, and first I'm going to be talking about Standard 3.9, which is basically concerning due process and the right to privacy for citizens of the United States. The 14th Amendment of the Constitution states that every person born in the United States is a citizen of the United States and therefore subject to the jurisdiction of the United States. A specific clause of this amendment, known as the Due Process Clause, guarantees procedural protections, individual rights that are listed in the Bill of Rights, including some criminal protections and other fundamental rights that aren't enumerated directly in the Constitution, like the right to marry or the right to have an abortion, for example, and that kind of connects to one of the court cases that I'm going to be talking about. The central purpose of the Due Process Clause is to s stop states from depriving any individual of life, liberty, or property without due process of the law. The interpretation of this concept has been of great controversy in history and carries on today in examples like the case of Roe v. Wade in 1973. It was a landmark case in which the Supreme Court struck down a Texas statute that banned abortions, Texas being the state and the Supreme Court being on the federal level. This applies to due process because it involves federal powers being used to overturn a decision made by one single state that seems to infringe upon the rights of an individual. The federal powers of the Supreme Court using this case effectively legalized the procedure of abortions across the country. In short, the Due Process Clause is a statement that states can't enforce any laws or restrictions that abridge the privileges of immunities in, of the citizens. That also connects to Standard 3.10 partially that partially concerns equal protection under the law. The same amendment includes the Equal Protection Clause that forces states to govern impartially and not to make decisions about individuals solely based on characteristics that are irrelevant to a government objection. So this clause is very important to the protection of civil rights. As I stated before, the 14th Amendment guarantees citizenships to anyone born in the United States, regardless of their race or gender, and now even sexual orientation. And so essentially everyone, regardless of their race or gender or sexual, sexual orientation, has equal protection from the law. Now, in today's America, this equal protection is ensured in most cases. However, in eras like the modern civil rights movement of the country, this proved not to be true. It was the greatest mass movement in modern American history in which demonstrations by African Americans swept the country who seek, who seek constitutional equality that blacks never truly had. The greatest and most well-known leader of the movement, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., 
wrote an open letter known as Letter from Birmingham Jail, in which he states that the people of the country have a moral responsibility to break unjust laws that hindered African-Americans and to take direct actions against the government, as opposed to relying on a court system that wasn't providing proper due process and equal protection to the African-American community. The direct actions that the community took took across the country, like sit-ins and boycotts, led to reprieval that they hoped for, and eventually did achieve equal protection for everyone regardless of their race. In short, to summarize equal protection clause, when an individual believes that either the federal or government or a state government has violated the individual's guaranteed equal rights, that individual is able to bring a lawsuit against that governmental body for relief. Hey, it's Sydney. I'm going to be talking about standard 3.4, which is freedom of press. So the Supreme Court's interpretation of the First and Second Amendment reflects a commitment to individual liberty by basically guaranteeing the individual liberty and rights and ensuring that they will never be taken away, no matter what laws or amendments are made to the Constitution. So the First Amendment guarantees the freedom of religion, speech, press, assembly, and petition. And then the Second Amendment guarantees the right to bear arms so the government can never take away your guns. Um, the Supreme Court case, New York Times Co. versus the United States, was a 1971 Supreme Court case which bolstered the freedom of the press and established a heavy presumption against prior restraint, even in cases involving national security. So this case, what happened was the Pentagon Papers case was when the Nixon administration attempted to prevent the New York Times and Washington Post from publishing materials belonging to a classified Defense Department study regarding the history of the U.S. activities in Vietnam. Um, The president argued that prior restraint was necessary to protect national security because they didn't want these things getting out. This case was decided together with United States versus Washington Post Co., Um, And basically, this case was questioning if the Nixon administration's efforts to prevent the publication of classified information violated the First Amendment. And it was ruled that, yes, this was a violation of the First Amendment because the First Amendment guarantees freedom of press. And by telling the press not to publish something, even if it is seen as like private information or classified, it is still limiting the individual's liberties. All right, now, y'all, just to sum things up with this podcast, previously we talked about equal protection with due process. We also explored minority and majority rights. And lastly, we talked about civil liberties and how the government responded to civil grievances. All right. I hope everybody has a good day. I'll catch y'all.